The Main Character Podcast is where we celebrate that everyone is a main character of their own intricate lives, challenges, passion, and experience. Well, what, I would, what I'd love to talk to you about, I mean, we can talk about anything, but uh, one thing that you're particularly good at, which I have struggled with, particularly here in Mexico, mm-hmm. is how can you travel and like be fit at the same time? And, and specifically, like it's, uh, I mean, like, I, you know, I think that the best part about the, the, the part about getting fit is really just about finding routine. Where do you eat? What do you do? How do you work out? And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're traveling or when you're moving up to multiple different places, it's, it's breaks that whole thing down. Yeah. Um, do you have a gym that you go to and where you are now? Where, what city are you in? Yeah. So I'm in Boston now. So I'll be yeah. here for this month, the month of August. And then what's after that? Uh, Labor Day weekend, Chicago. Uh, and then after that, Miami for a week and a half. I should be seeing you there. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, then we, have a, we have a question mark after Miami. <laughs> yeah, a little two-week gap. And then I'm going out to Washington State uh, to see my sister. My parents are going to come out. Uh, so we'll be doing Olympia uh, for like four days and then down to Oregon for four days before Austin, which I'll also be seeing you there. Yeah, and you're uh, your twin sister, right? Yes, but I'm older by a minute. <laughs> That's <laughs> important. Somebody write that down. <laughs> um, Let her forget. Who who else is going on that trip? So it's your parents, yourself, your sister. Yep, that'll be it. Uh, so is your sister be, married? She has a boyfriend, so she lives with her boyfriend. So he'll yeah. be there, and then uh, my cousin and his wife they live two hours south in Oregon. So we'll actually get a chance to catch up with them a little bit. Uh, so. Yeah, it'll be a nice family trip. We haven't done a family trip in God. It's pre-COVID, so it must have been like 2019. Uh, I think we all had a chance to go down to Charleston to see my sister when she lived there. But uh, yeah, it'll be nice to do a family trip going out to visit visit my sister. You're going on this vacation. Are you guys like you guys are big? I know you're a big hiker. Is the rest of your family big hikers? Yeah, but I mean, like my parents are in their 60s, right? So they much prefer level. Uh, level right. hiking, uh, downhill probably, hikes, yeah, all downhill the whole way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're probably good for like, you know, a five, six mile light hike. Um, mm-hmm. my sister, she'll do bigger ones, but, uh, yeah, I'll probably try to find some that I can do solo. Uh, cause I mean, when I was in Tahoe last month, got really into trail running. Um, and so that's just fun. Like being able to do a longer trail, you know, 10, 12 miles, a couple thousand feet elevation. But just being able to knock that out in, you know, two to three hours instead of being out there for, don't get me wrong, it's great to enjoy it. Um, but when you can fit that much more into it from trail running, it's great. Right. So it's like, it's like you enjoy hiking, but you want to compact it into less time. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so you run. Um, I love that. I, I love trail running. I mean, I love trailer in Colorado. Next time I see you, yeah. we'll have to get into it. Although yeah. I, I think all the places we're planning on seeing each other are flat. So I think we can, we can figure something out around Austin. Um, I think we can figure something out while we're there. We can go to Mount Bono or however you pronounce it. Sure. Have you heard about this? This, the, the mountain in Austin? The, the one mountain. <laughs> the one mountain, the exaggerated hill of a mountain. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't been there. Maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's fabulous. Uh, well, great. So yeah. So uh, anyways, let's talk about this. So you, you get into trail running. Yeah, and you get some serious runs in. I'm at seven thousand feet in elevation, so I'm blaming that on my shorter runs. Although that's not completely true, but let's just <laughs> pretend like it is. 
it does feel as if there's less air up here. It's like the high, it's like as high as the top of the flat irons in Boulder. Oh yeah. I mean, that's no joke. Like Tahoe was at like 6,000 feet. And right. I feel like the first week I was out there, just the adjustment period. Uh, like if you used to run an eight minute mile pace, you're going nine, nine thirty. Um, but the best thing about training in that elevation is when you come back down, you feel invincible. Like this past week that I've been back in Boston, just running at like zero sea level. It's just like, all right, we're cruising. So you're just circling around the run club. Is that good when you show up at the Red Club and you're like, hey, guys, you know, let's step this up a notch? Oh, I mean, there's guys and girls in the Run Club that are much more serious than me. So, uh, yeah. I mean, even when I go to that, I'm probably like middle of the pack. Uh, but it's it's nice because I remember when I first joined the Run Club here in Boston and, you know, I'm gasping for air. I'm struggling. So it's nice to at least feel to like come back and kind of be middle of the pack instead of like gasping for air. hundred percent. Yeah. So okay, tell me about your your fitness routine. Are, do you do you are you doing the same one that you were doing last time I saw you? Like the yep. same workouts each day? Yep, same one. So I mean, I'd say like with with all this traveling, because I mean lately I've been picking like a new city each month, right? Right. Uh, doing this whole nomad thing. It although Austin was an exception. That was for four months. That was great. Um, but anytime that I'm planning and going to a new city, I'll find out you know where am I staying, and then. Immediately, I'm doing a Google search. I'm doing a Yelp sh- search to see what gyms are around my area uh, immediately. And uh, what's nice is that some of, a lot of the gyms, if you go on, they'll do like free trials, whether it's a day, a couple days. So then you can probably get away with almost a week of doing like free trials at like gyms nearby. And then you can figure out which one you want to be a part of. And a lot of gyms, it's going to be more expensive, but they'll do shorter contracts. Um, right. So that's like the biggest thing that I'll kind of search around i'll even call to see what they can offer uh nearby and then what i'll also do is try to scope out the area i'm in to see if i can find running paths um so <clears throat> i'll go on uh, map my run is a good uh app uh, that under, under armor does and users will upload uh runs to it that you can see like okay does this look good nearby me um and then all trails is also great uh because you can not only do hikes trail runs but road running and you can see what's nearby you do you need a car where you're going to get to these places um so i'd say that's the biggest spot when i'm like bounce around to new cities it's like okay let's let's find a gym let's find where we can run um and yeah the routine i'm in i'm probably running uh right now between 25 30 miles a week uh so that's probably i'm getting out for runs at least five days a week and then for the gym side uh usually making it into the gym five to six days a week and Right now, I'm doing uh, a push-pull leg split. So I'll usually do push-pull legs. Uh, I'll take a rest day and then run that back. So I'm usually hitting each muscle group uh, at least two times a week. But like when you're talking, you're saying push day, that's like a certain set of muscle groups. Pull day yeah. is a certain set. Leg. Yeah, so so push day, that's going to be all pushing movements. So muscles right. where you're pushing. So it's going to be your chest, your shoulders, your triceps. Um, then a pull day, that's going to be your back, your lats, your arms, your biceps. Um, and then leg day is just going to be all lower body. So deadlifts, uh, leg press, squats, uh, the accessory movements as well. Um, and I usually try to do leg day on like a lighter running day if I am uh, doubling up there. What is your favorite gym that you can, like off the top of your head, of all these gyms you've been going to in different cities. Was it the one, in, was it the Equinox in Austin? 
that's the first one that comes to mind because that was so freaking nice like just it was literally under a mile run to get there so it was a per it was like a half mile so it's like a perfect jog to get there you warm up and then yeah i'll be honest i like bougier gyms like it's very bougie there's <laughs> a steam room. room exactly you get the steam room the nice locker rooms and uh right. just the, the vibes in the gym uh are high and a place like equinox you usually don't have to wait for stuff uh too so you can usually bounce around get in and out um i also enjoyed the gym that we went to in lisbon uh, uh i don't know if you know this but there's an entire upstairs which i don't think we ever went to together that's because that's the cardio area right well did you go up there there's there's a cafe up there a full cafe <laughs> and like a little area you could work yeah well shit the more you know <laughs> i found that out at the the last week i was at Lisbon. yeah i feel like we were just like hey our cardio is going to be running we're not doing any cardio in the gym that's the only thing we know is upstairs we're staying away <laughs> yeah well that's a perfect example you just gotta you know explore <laughs> paths even if you think you know what's down them. yeah um yeah. So how often do you change your exercise routine? Oh, shoot. I mean, uh, in terms of putting my exercise routines together, a lot of what I'll get is from YouTube. Um, right. so, I mean, there's a couple of people on YouTube that I follow. Uh, Jeff Nippard is awesome. Uh, he's, he's been on YouTube for forever and he's very knowledgeable. Uh, any workouts that he puts together, he actually has like scientific back studies of like, like he'll have some videos on like, all right, you're training chest. Here are the top five movements you should be doing. And here's like the studies that support that. Um, so he's awesome. Christian Guzman uh, is another what one. Was the, what was the first guy's name? Jeff Nippert. Jeff Nippert. Okay. And then Christian. And then the second one's Christian Guzman. Uh, he's the founder of Athlete, which is an athleisure brand. Um, but he is really good. His videos are more like lifestyle. So more you're also hitting the gym. Uh, what's your diet? And then uh, how do you balance that with everything else that you're doing? Right. Um, so, I mean, the workout that I have right now, I've probably been doing this regimen for, uh, at least a year and a half now. Um, and I've really been liking it because the thing that a lot of people think is like, oh, I need to constantly be changing the workouts that I'm doing, uh, changing the movements that I'm doing. I need to confuse the muscles. I need to do that. You can keep doing the same workouts but if you want to grow, if you want to get stronger, you just need to focus on, you really need to focus on the progressive overload. So each week that I'm going in, I'm thinking about how much weight am I moving and how many reps and trying to increase that each week. Uh, Cause that's going to put more strain, more stress on the muscle um, and cause it to grow. So don't get me wrong. It's not like every week I'm, I'm increasing the weight, increasing the reps, but if that's, something that you're doing, you may not need to be doing like mixing up your workouts, you know, every six months to say that you need to confuse the muscle because you really don't need to, as long as you're having a new stimulus, which could be that extra rep, uh, the more weight that you're putting on the bar, uh, that's gonna help you gain strength, help you grow. So uh, that, that's interesting because, uh, and that's helpful. I think that's a nuanced point that a lot of people might have kind of heard things, but not explored. One thing that you do, because uh, we've worked out together, is you have a timer, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so tell, like, what's your methodology here? How does that work? Yeah, so that's another thing. Just from my research, um, have figured out like the a good amount of rest between sets. So one thing when I first started lifting, it was like no real rhyme or reason. It was just like, all right, 
one set. Now I'm going to chat with my buddies, my workout partners for a while. I'm going to scroll Instagram, Twitter, all that. And then I'll start my next set whenever, um, which you have some workouts that end up going like an hour and 15 hour and a half. And you're just like, what have I been doing this whole time? Um, so from the research that I've done, uh, between a minute and a half and two minutes is an optimum rest time. So every time I finish a set, I'm starting that timer, um, and making sure that once that's up, I get going because that's another thing that in terms of progressively overloading, it's easier to measure when you know the exact amount of time you have between sets, uh, because there could be one week, if you do three, four minutes in between sets, you're definitely going to be able to move more weight, more reps. But if you're staying consistent in that minute and a half to two minute rep rate, uh, excuse me, rest period, then you know when I'm hitting that next set, am I hitting how many reps that I that I should be? Um, so that definitely helps in terms of making the workouts efficient and also making them measurable. So what is the exact time that you use? Is it one minute or I'm one and a half minutes or is it two? When it, so when I'm doing my big compound movements, so that would be my bench press, uh, pull-ups um, or deadlifts or squats. When I'm doing big compound movements, I always have two minutes in between sets uh, because those are the most taxing on your body using a lot of different muscle groups. Uh, so for big compound movements, I'm doing two minutes. And then uh, if I'm doing more accessory movements, so that might be, uh, where I'm doing a leg extension, a bicep curl, a tricep extension, more accessory movements, uh, then I'm bringing that down closer to a minute and a half uh, rest period. Uh, because just from the, the training I've done in the research in terms of recovery time, that's more of a sweet spot for accessory movements compared to compound. Okay, got it. So it depends on how much effort, the kind of movement you're doing. For bigger movements, you do two minutes. And for lighter movements, you do one in, a minute and a half. And so it's like probably most things are a minute and a half. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So whenever I'm jumping into a workout, the first workout is always going to be those big compound movements because I want to make sure when I'm doing those, I'm fresh. I have the most energy. So it's always <clears throat> that first uh, that first workout that I'm doing. Uh, that's always going to be the the two minutes rest in between, and then after that, uh, then it'll drop down to a minute and a half. And it's a good way to keep the heart rate up too uh, when when you're doing the workouts and not getting like lethargic or kind of hanging out for too long that that, that brings us to another interesting point that i want to talk to you about which is like it, being fit isn't only about working out right um so there's two there's multiple components two that come to mind is sleep which also gets disrupted when you're traveling yeah and food which again is a challenge right so let's take them in turn is there um how do you feel you do when it comes to thinking about sleep Mm. And is, is this something that you put effort towards? Or is this something that, you know, just naturally has happened? Like what, how would you address it? Yeah, no. And that, that's a good, good point to bring up. Uh, Cause I think sleep is huge in terms of recovery, energy levels and everything like that. So I definitely say, you know, moving to a new city, like new time zone, getting on that sleep schedule can definitely be challenging. So, I mean, <clears throat> usually if I'm flying, you know, going across time zones, one thing I'd like to do if depending on if I'm getting there during the day, just that first day, I like to get a workout in, but I know that if I'm sleep deprived, uh, that it's not going to be, I'm not going to be lifting the most weight. I'm not going to be doing the most reps. So I kind of have it in my mind that, okay, I'm, I still want to move. I still want to push weight around, but knowing that my body isn't in the optimum stage right now, like I've been on a plane for, you know, six, seven, 10 hours. Um, as long as I'm getting my body moving, uh, then it's still, it's still a good day. 
right? Um, and sleep schedule, definitely try. Like if I get into a new time zone, uh, I will take Advil PM, maybe those first two nights to try to get on that schedule, um, depending on what, or if I'm going ahead, I'm just like, I need to stay awake, you know, m- make it. Cause I'm the type of person that needs eight hours. Uh, if I get under eight hours, just the next day, like I'm slamming caffeine, like no other. And I mean, you've seen me with the monster energy drinks, you know, uh, and the Celsius. So, uh, I think sleep's super important and try to be deliberate about it, uh, during the weeknights. Uh, if there's not too much going on, then, you know, try to go to bed as, as early as I can. And uh, you say you say monster energy, a very specific one. It's the yes. white can with <laughs> no sugar, uh, <laughs> which is the be- the the best of the bad. Um, uh, yeah. So you know, and I think I remember when you left Lisbon, uh, flying back to the states. I was staying in Lisbon, and I get a text and I say, "Zan, I've hacked jet lag." <laughs> so there's a series of methodologies there, but it sounds like that's most of them. Uh, yeah. What about food? Okay, so food and food's tough because in different places, different things are available. I oh, know that yeah. when we were in Austin, we would cook um, a lot. Like you're a great big food prepper. Yeah. How do you deal with that in different locations? How do you think about it? Is there a strategy there? Yeah, so I mean, whenever I'm going to a new city, uh, similar to a gym, I'll scope out what grocery stores are nearby. So what, what do I have access to? Um, I'm, if I'm in a city where I do, I'm not gonna have a car, big fan of Instacart, uh, just getting the groceries delivered, huge convenience. Um, but really, uh, when, when I'm in a city, I'd say Monday through Friday uh, is very standard. Like I'm the type of person that can eat the same thing day in and day out. Um, so really just being structured in that diet. And then for the weekends, that's it's more so going out to eat, enjoying, going out with friends, things like that. Um, but one thing that I think has been immensely important in me being able to manage the diet is that I had a period... Uh, my life, this was probably about five, maybe six years ago, um, where I was very regimented in terms of tracking calories. So there, there's a period of time where I had a food scale, you know, it can measure all the way down to the gram. And, uh, anytime I, I was living in Boston and I had full control over my diet, I was measuring everything that I was eating. Um, so I knew every day how many calories I'm having, how many grams of protein, how many carbohydrates, how many grams of fat. Um, And while I don't think it's necessary to do that every single day, I I think that can actually be detrimental uh, to be like that uh, focused on the tracking. I think it's extremely important if someone can do that for a week, just a week, because I think a lot of people um, don't have a full grasp of how much they're actually eating, um, where they're like, oh, I had you know, a really healthy lunch, um, and then a small dinner, then a couple snacks out the day. Like, um, I'm probably eating like 2000 calories a day when in reality they could be hitting 2,500, 3000. Right. Um, so I think the biggest thing is that by taking that time where I was actively measuring and being really deliberate about tracking my calories, I can now more so eat intuitively and know, like I'm not stepping on a scale every day, uh, but I'll probably have a chance to step on a scale maybe once a week, once every two weeks. And I know about my intuitively eating that I have a good idea of which way that scale is going to be going. Uh, so that would be my biggest recommendation there. And really just focus on whole foods. I mean, there's it's so easy to get processed foods. Those are quick and easy uh, to grab. 
Um, but as much as you can, just focus on whole foods and really, uh, I mean, even during traveling, I'd say the one exception to the traveling where I haven't been cooking as much as Lisbon, uh, just because new food, seeing the food scene there was great. Uh, but I mean, Zam, we were there for three weeks and uh, even eating out as much as we did, eating intuitively, I was able to stay at a relatively consistent weight uh, for that time there. Which is, uh, which is impressive because we are eating all kinds of things that um, I probably couldn't even name. So, <laughs> uh, but it's delicious. I mean, it's good. We, we know some foodies down there who bring us great food. For sure. Um, okay. So yeah, that's, that's definitely helpful. I'm curious, like walk me through the mechanics, like this type time period when you're actually measuring your food, mm. what does that look like? Like, do you have an app? Yeah. So I, I would use my fitness pal. Um, okay. Is that so free? I, or do you pay for that? Um, it's freemium. So you can yeah. have the free version and you can pay for premium if you want. Literally anything you need is on the free version. So I think the premium offers some like extra features if you really want to get into it. Like instead of just tracking macros, your protein, fats, carbs, if you want to track micronutrients. Um, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, def- I think there's value in the premium, but you can get by with the free version. Um, so Really, it was going through and just measuring everything I would have each day. So I would have my scale, you know, in the morning, I'd have my oatmeal, weigh that out, maybe 160 grams of that, weigh my almond milk that I'm putting in that 120 milliliters, and then maybe a scoop of protein, maybe some peanut butter, weighing it all out. And the cool thing about my fitness pal is you can create meals in it. So if you know your diet's going to be relatively consistent throughout the week, You can just be, I'm going to have this for breakfast every single day. I create a meal. Boom. I'm just able to enter it with one click. Um, So, and that's the case with lunch, all right? I'm cooking up ground turkey. Uh, I'm cooking up, I'm having that with rice. And I'm tracking all of that as I'm going through. Um, And I will say, like, it's everything in balance, Mm -hmm. right? So I definitely had periods where I was being super anal, like, oh my gosh, I'm going out to drink tonight. I'm going to have four vodka sodas. I need to save like 400 calories. Like, does that mean I need to do extra cardio or do I need to take those calories out from elsewhere? Um, Which if you're trying to do something like very serious, like if you're competing for bodybuilding or something like that, then I think like those extremes make sense. But just for living your life, I think it's all about everything in balance. Um, So Definitely had a period of time where I was like super strict and anal about it. And that was definitely not on the healthy spectrum. Um, and now it's more so just, you know, like we talked about before eating intuitively, but I kid you not just tracking for even a little bit of time will just give you such a better sense of how much you're eating throughout the day. I, I love that. I have two questions for you. One, do you think you're type A? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. A minus. I don't know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. The, uh, but actually what I'm curious about is like, so you, what you say is that you are tracking because you don't want to eat too many calories. I feel as if I would be tracking because I want, I'm not eating enough. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, I imagine there's a lot of people out there too. And, and, you know, the tricky part about this, I mean, we all probably know these stories. I have friends of mine who get into the whole calorie tracking thing and it turns into a really toxic, like negative space. And so like the way you've talked about it is like, there's this balance, you need health, but it's probably important to address, like, you know, be, be super aware that like, particularly people who are dealing with different ways they see their body, like that can be a, 
that could be a, um, a specific way that you want to walk that, you know, a, a, yeah. a very, a very fine line. Um, would you say that's true for the most part? Yeah. I mean, uh, like you were talking about before in terms of like the tracking calories, um, I, I've been on both ends of the spectrum where I've been trying to be in a calorie deficit and also a calorie surplus, you know, the whole bulking cutting cycle. It's like, all right, every winter I got to bulk up. I got to put on like 10, 15 pounds. Oh, the summer's going to be here. I need to cut down. Right. So I've, been on, yeah. <laughs> so I've been on both sides of that, uh, between tr really trying to be active bulking, uh, and cutting, like I've taken a bulk, like for instance, right now I'm six, one, I'm hovering around like 170, 175. I've been as big as 195. I've been as small as 155. Uh, when I've been really deliberate about being in a surplus or a deficit. Um, and I think the second part that you mentioned is in terms of uh, it being a really kind of sensitive area. I think that one of the really difficult things right now is that, uh, and I've had this as well as body dysmorphia, where, you know, that's the case where you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just, even though you may be in good shape, you're like, oh, like this, this isn't good enough, or this, this isn't healthy enough. And I think one thing that's really caused that is, you know, rise of social media is just you instantly from your phone, you have all these points of comparisons, you have these fitness influencers, right? And a lot of these fitness influencers that you see, they're claiming natural, but they're a hundred percent on gear, whether it be steroids, testosterone, HGH, uh, but by them claiming natural it gives this uh this perception of hey this is attainable all you need to do is take this whey protein and this physique or and do my workout plan and this physique is attainable uh when they're really uh putting out a, a false narrative of, of what is possible so um yeah i mean definitely i think it's important to have the best version of yourself you know you, you only have one body make it last as long as possible um but in terms of like by dysmorphia and like being really strict about calorie counting, I can see that being, uh, you know, some people getting into like a spiral with that. Right. Definitely. Interesting. Um, have you ever thought about taking supplements like beyond the, you know, like these kind of, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, testosterone yeah. seems like another level, like yeah. would you credit, how would you classify the way like there's whey protein, which is like, that's nothing. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's something, but it's like, that's a different category completely. And then there's a whole spectrum up until like, I imagine testosterone would be on the other side. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah. So, I mean, like right now in terms of supplements, I'm taking uh, whey protein uh, just to get my protein levels up. Like right now with what I'm shooting for, I try to do one gram per pound of body weight uh, mm -hmm. per day. So that just helps me hit that goal every day. Um, and then I take a pre-workout supplement as well, which is just a powder. Um, and that just helps with focus, like during the workout and, at this point, honestly, whether it's uh, an energy drink or pre-workout, it's also part of the ritual. It's like, I'm going to drink this and now I know what's about to happen in 20 minutes. I'm going to go work out in the gym and it's just part of the whole ritual of working out. Mm -hmm. um, like, I honestly, Zan, I can't tell you the last time like I worked out without taking like some sort of caffeine or like uh, an energy drink. It's just, it's just part of it. Um, and it gets me in that zone. Um but yeah, then after that, of course, you have uh, your testosterone, you have your steroids, you have your HGH. So um, I've certainly thought about it before. Um, and every time I get a physical, 
one, one thing that I do when they do my blood work is I get my testosterone levels checked. Um, because one thing that I have heard is that as you get older, right, your t- testosterone levels could dip below like a normal range. And then it could make sense uh, to potentially do what they call it uh, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, or HRT, hormone uh, replacement therapy. But in all honestly, honestly, if you're a normal male, you really shouldn't need that until you're in your fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's like, if you need it. Right. So really, I just like to keep tabs on my testosterone, but it's like, it's really, it's tempting, right? Because you see these influencers and the physique they're able to achieve, uh, by hopping on this gear and you're like that, that looks pretty freaking good. Uh, but I think it's also the thing that's kept me from making that jump is that, you know, I feel comfortable being natural. And the fact that if you were to jump on something like TRT, testosterone, that's something that once you start injecting, that's something you're going to have to do the rest of your life. Uh, Because once you start introducing uh, that, uh, the the supplement from outside your body, your body's going to be like, oh, great, I'm getting all this externally. I don't need to produce it myself. So if I took that and then decided to come off, I'm going to have this period where my testosterone levels dip like crazy. Um, So it's also staying on it for the rest of your life. And, you know, there's also side effects uh, in terms of that. So, I mean, if you're taking testosterone, that could cause your estrogen levels to jump as well. And then you get something called gyno, which is also referred to as like man boobs, where you get like extra tissue uh, in in your Mm. chest, which that's not great. Is not a good look. Uh, so yeah, certainly have thought about it, but at this point it's, it's not something that, uh, I would take that jump to do. And, and for all the people that can't see you, I'll tell this quick story. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time, uh, we were on a boat, a boat party, uh, swimming and, uh, you meet some girls and later they, they, they say, Zan, you know, could, I love Zach, but you know, he's just, he's just super fit. Like he's a little bit. He's a little bit unachievable. Uh, so, so basically, I tell that because, you know, there's different levels. I mean, there's when people say natural, you can get very fit, right? Like, um, and I know that you haven't always been that way your whole life. And mm-hmm. like, but like in the last, how long do you think it's been where you feel like you've, you've been at a pretty high level of physique? Yeah, I mean, I would say because it, it was tough, right? When uh, COVID hit, um, so prior to COVID, that was like peak bulk. I was 195, you know fat face, you know, chipmunk cheeks. I was just eating everything, trying to be as big as possible. COVID hit. All I could do was run. I dipped all the way down to 155 because I was like, I probably didn't need to jump that low, but I was like, I can't lift weights. I'm just going to run. Um, try to get as lean as possible. Uh, definitely got too small for my frame. Um, so then it's probably been for the past two years um, that I've just really made, once the gym's open back up, uh, I've been able to make fitness a priority. And I think that's one key thing is that, um, you know, people would say, oh, it's difficult for, for me to get in shape. I think uh, the biggest thing that I would say there is uh, ask them, is it a priority? You know, and actually being able to verbalize that. And if it's not, then just say that and say, I'd rather go out to the bar. I'd rather spend my time uh, doing this activity than going to the gym or going for runs. And then you're just listing your priorities. So I would say definitely the past two years, it's been a priority. Uh, like, I just got uh, physical yesterday and it was interesting. I saw my weight uh, is like 172 and a year ago I was 162. 
So over the past year, I've been able to put on 10 pounds. And by let's no, go. Yeah, Sorry. by no means is that all muscle, right? right. Uh, it's going to be a mixture of muscle and fat, but um, which it yeah, should be. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so I'd say it's been like the past two years where, and I've also moved more to like a hybrid training style where it's not only training in the gym, but it's also mixing in the cardio, you know, 25, 30 miles a week. Dude, I used to be so much like, I'm just working out cardio is the enemy. Um, but having that cardiovascular part of it, uh, makes it a lot more fun. Um, and I think that's one thing too, that a lot of people, if they're looking to start their fitness journey, they want that fitness influencer physique as soon as possible. They want to take uh, those shortcuts uh, because they don't, they don't want to take the time. But I would say for natural physique, like give it a, a couple years, a few years, and you're going to be able to build build something pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I think that's interesting. And it's helpful to think about it in terms of big picture. I find it very valuable what you said about having it be a priority. It's very true. I think that's also true of many things in life, mm. right? Like the question is, because everyone has the same amount of time in every day, mm-hmm. right? And don't get me wrong. Some people work tough jobs. Some people are taking care of kids. Like I'm not, I'm not downgrading the fact that there are other things that happen in life that you have to make priorities, right? But the question is out of your list of priorities, where does it sit? And, you know, and then there's just kind of a natural math problem, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think is the, like, are there any things that stop you that kind of you've noticed or you've learned from where it's like, Hey, like this is, this is a moment where I've kind of gone off the horse and like, you've learned how to not, not have that happen again. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say one thing that's uh, one thing that was really difficult, which I'm sure this is similar to a lot of people is, uh, you know, when COVID hit, when the gyms shut down, um, and the the tough part about that was, you know, the gyms closed for five, six months, even longer. And I think this is comparable to, you know, maybe we take COVID out of the equation, but maybe you get sick, you know, and you're out of commission for like two weeks. And uh, that first time back in the gym, you're just like, shit, I lost so much strength. Like, oh my gosh, two weeks, where'd all my strength go? Am I going to be able to get back there? Um, and I think at least to me at some points that was really demoralizing and it would really like take my motivation away where I was like, damn, I missed these two weeks. I come back, like, what's even the point if I'm going to lose my strength this quickly? Like I want to be exactly where I was two weeks ago, a month ago. Um, and I think at times that would really demotivate me. And, uh, I think now I've been able to kind of work around that and get into this mindset that, Hey, there's, it's never going to be, you know, your progression is never going to be a straight line. It's never going to be a linear line. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just being in that mindset that, yeah, there's going to be setbacks in no matter what you're doing. Uh, there's going to be a time where you're not able to run as fast. You're not able to move as much weight. Um, and just realizing that that's part of the process and half the battle is showing up. Right. Like I, that's one thing that I've uh, been able to get in this mindset that, okay, even if I didn't have the best workout in the world or I'm like progressing as I I wanted to, I still made it a priority to get in the gym today. I was moving my body and still, even if it wasn't as much as I wanted to, still having a good workout in. Um, So I think that was the the biggest thing where it's like, shoot, I took a step back. I'm moving around 20 pounds less than I was last week. What am I even doing? And just get that mindset that it's not always going to be a steady, steady progression. 
yeah, that's helpful. And it's true. I mean, you know, what's, what's that saying? It's like the only bad workout is the one you didn't do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, Zan, like when we were in Austin, remember I had that goal of adding one mile to my running total each week. Right. So there were freaking, there were weeks where it was a Sunday, you know, we had gone out all weekend partying, like, and it was hot. And then Sunday would come around. And I'm like, shit guys, I need to run 10, 11 miles today. And, but what I would do is I would tell myself, this is a priority. This is something I'm going to do. I could have moved the miles in earlier in the week, but I, I, it was my fault that I left them for that week, but I was going to, going to get them in. Yeah. I remember that you're doing one more mile each week. Tell what was the end like oh, close to 30 miles? Yeah, so I started January 2022. Um, I just wanted to get back into cardio just to kind of have a base. I started at eight miles a week, and each week I added a mile, so it was nine the next 10 after that. And by May, us being in Austin, I hit that threshold of 30 miles for the entire week. Um, which you know, if there's any big runners listening, you know, that may not be the, the biggest number in the world, but um. Just it's big kinda, when you were doing eight from the beginning, eight yeah. to 30. Significant, oh, yeah. And right? just, I think that that's one thing uh, to emphasize too, is that, um, you know, if it is something new that you're getting into is having that slow, steady progression. Uh, mm-hmm. because I've had, and this goes for not only running, but lifting weights and stuff like that. If I tried to go from eight miles the first week to like 15, the second, and then 20 after that, I probably would have gotten injured or hurt myself or something right. like that. So it was really just emphasizing focus on that, steady progression that steady progressive overload and um what i like about that too is that you had a mission i think that sometimes creating a very specific mission allows you to do things that like it doesn't matter it could be like one mile a week you're like i can do that right yeah uh one one additional mile i i had a time when during COVID actually for a year and a half i ran every single day snow or shine we had we had COVID happened we had two winters there's this i remember one particular time it was, this was a back in Colorado and there was these forest fires and it was just like, like so much smoke that you couldn't breathe outside. And like, realistically, I probably shouldn't have ran there, but it wasn't really about running. Right. Like it was about your head. Right. I was like, if I, if I can't, if I decide not to run today because of this, then what does that say about me? Right. Like, I don't care. It's like the running's important, but I think that sometimes these are mental exercises where you do the thing because you're like, Hey, if you can do that one mile or that one additional mile and you achieved it, like you can go to bed at night and you're like, Hey, I'm the kind of person that does what they say they're going to do. Right. Oh yeah. Like you're holding yourself accountable. You're making a priority. And I think that's one key thing that you mentioned too, about the mental side of it is that, uh, at least for me, like in my mental health, I feel like having that physical activity really allows me, you know, if I have a long day at work and shit like that, if I can get to the gym or go for a run, like that's a huge de-stressor for me. And uh, I feel like not only does that help not like the physical side, but I feel like that's a big part of uh, my mental health as well is keeping that fresh is having these outlets, whether it be running or working out. And, and you mentioned this earlier, but it's super important. It's like, that does mean you give up other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like that does mean sometimes you don't go out to the bars with your friends. Yeah. Or sometimes, you know, you don't, I don't know. I mean, whatever the things you're doing, like mm-hmm. it, it affects your dating life. It affects 
figuring out what you're going to do after work and where you're going to park your car. And it can, it can, you know, it can be part of the dynamics of how you deal with all kinds of different relationships. And now I'm not saying that you should like, and I don't think you're saying this, that you should do everything like just fitness over it, but it's like, it's like everything in life. There's balance, right? Exactly. Yeah. Everything in balance. Okay. So we have, uh, we have Austin coming up and I'm going to see you in Miami. Yes, sir. We have this, we have this question mark time that we may see each other as well. Yeah. Um, I have, I have notes on that. What is, I want to put together for myself, a fitness goal. Um, I wonder if you have any, one, if you have any goals on your horizon that you've been thinking about doing and two, I mean, how, like, what is the time frame that you think would be successful for a goal? Because your last one was like a mile a, a, a week but you didn't have like a time you're going to be like, this is the finish line, right? Yeah. I mean, my goal was, uh, I, I think my goal kind of stayed a little fluid. I was like, Oh, I'll get to 25 miles a week and see how, right. then when I got to 25, I was like 30, I wanted to be the cap. Um, right. just because with the hybrid training style that I'm doing, um, cause you're lifting this whole time too. Yeah. So it was like, if I go over 30 miles per week, then it's going to be, then it kind of gets, don't be wrong. It's a doable and it's a good problem to have, but then it really comes down to, okay, I might have to start tracking calories again, more force feeding, making sure right. that I'm being uh, more active in those calories in. And, uh, I felt like 30 miles a week, I'm still getting a great cardio base. Um, so yeah, I mean, for the goals, I think the biggest thing is, uh, to have it be measurable. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, uh, if someone's like, going into the gym and they're just like, Hey, I want to get cut. I want to get big. Like what, what exactly does that mean? Like, how do you define if you've hit that goal? Like, how do you win big? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How are who are you going to rely on to be like, Oh dude, you're shredded. Um, so I think somebody, biggest... somebody on a boat, maybe but... right. <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the biggest thing is having it be measurable. So, I mean, that can be a multitude of things. So if, uh, if you're cutting or you're bulking, maybe you have a goal weight in mind. Um, but maybe even taking that a step further is also getting your body fat percentage measured. So then, you know, how much muscle did you put on compared to fat? So how successful was your cut? How successful was your bulk? Um, if, uh, maybe it's more geared towards running. Um, I mean, one thing that I have a goal to do is run a half marathon. Um, so I think right now, if I don't find something this fall, February is uh, the Austin half and the full marathon. Um, and that, that would be the time that I would want to run that. Uh, the longest run I've done, I, I guess I've done a mixture of hiking and trail running that's gone longer than a half mile. But the longest run I did was 13 miles uh, when I was in Porto, when we were over in Portugal, went over to Porto for a couple of days. But I intentionally stopped that run at 13 miles because I didn't want my first 13.1 to be like a non-race. I want that to be a real race environment um, where I'm really locked in and it's going to be not only the goal to run the half marathon, but I want to go for time. Um, so that's, I want to set my time for that as well. Um, that's important. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll run a half marathon with you. Let's do it. That sounds do great. It. Okay. So we have a goal. I feel like I, you're going to get very fast out of the gate. I can pace myself. I, the <laughs> longest run I've done, at least in recent memory, I ran 17 miles. Dude, you're freaking insane. We're in New York City. We're like flying to Portugal like in two days. And you're like, I'm just going to go for a run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wasn't that impressive. My time was terrible. 
but uh, to be fair, uh, you know, it, what was fun about it was I got in, I, halfway through, I joined a, a 5K. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I like, I ran a 5K in the middle of my run and then, and then everyone finished when I kept going, but no, it's fun. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Uh, this has been awesome. I'm excited. I hope we can do another podcast about this. Uh, maybe we'll do a fitness one or, or talk about other topics. And uh, yeah, it's been excellent. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.